You, you know, I, I thought about this today, and both of you are going to call, call bullshit in a second, but I've been saying on January 1st, I'm just going to go ham. I'm not too sure that I'm going to do that. Bullshit. See, I told you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I'm legit enjoying my time away from rest, Pam. <gasps> so wait, is there a chance you don't go back? Oh, there's no chance oh, I'm not going darn. back. I'm definitely going back. Uh, if if I can show you a picture of my uh, backlog rat games on my PS4. No, thank you. I don't want to throw my dinner up. It's uh, I'll just say this: the U.S. folder for rat spam. Are we north of three hundred yet? It is over three hundred okay. games right now. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex. I yield to no one. Steve. And Sid. Everybody and welcome to Trophy Horrors. This is episode 547. I'm your host, Jake Vick, alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, the man that has no sympathy in his heart. It's Alex. I'm just saying be kind to the service workers, be kind to west- restaurant workers, and make reservations ahead, especially if you live in New York City. He brings the awesome. He also brings good quality meat. It's I yield to no one. That's what she said. <laughs> I figured I was going to set you up for that one. That's also apparently what Tricky says, too. I, I was going to pass it up, but I was like, nah. You, you can't pass that up. I threw a soft, I threw a fastball down the plate. You got to swing. Uh, that's, what I, that's why I swung. All right. So before we start the show properly, just want to say a very happy birthday to Matt G, who's actually in our chat. Today's his birthday, so happy birthday, Matt. I also want you to know, Matt, that since we don't have a guest this week, I had to fill the space on Twitch, and I put a nice Halloween image up there. But... Since Matt G's favorite game is Zelda, I made sure the eyes were in the shape of Triforces. Oh, way to go, Tricky. That's a good thing. So, all right. So, let's get into the show proper. But before we do that, Alex and Yield, I missed last week. Thank you very much for covering the show. But. Yeah, how is that? Cr- I ha- that it was horrible. <laughs> I, I love Donnie. Uh. Because you know he was a former host, but audio, uh, his audio had some serious audio bleed, and I had to. It, it took me. I, I'm not even exaggerating. 18 hours to edit that show. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, we're not trying to insult people when we have them on the show and we ask them this, but like, hey, it's like keep your master volume down because if your master volume is too high and it goes through your, when somebody else is talking, if it goes through your earbuds, that bleeds into your microphone, which then makes the edit that much harder. And no offense, but we don't need to make these edits any harder. I, honestly, I could have used just his track and just edited the show, but because you, you and Yield came through perfectly clear on his track, but there was a little bit of degrading audio quality, and we record individually for a reason, and that reason is to make sure that the you know the audio is the best. So I went the extra mile, and I'm not looking for praise, but I went the extra mile to make sure that your microphones were used instead of Dottie's microphone, which, if you listen to the show... Donnie's microphone is not the best quality. I think he still uses the internal mic on his laptop. 
man uses what he's got. Yeah. And again, I'm not shaming. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> it, it was uh, rough. It was a bad edit. Uh, but I have I have a couple questions from last week because I think you guys we probably got a couple uh, things wrong. Well, no, no. Well, you were describing the DualSense Edge controller. And I, I was just reading. Show- I, I well, to be fair, I was just reading what the PlayStation blog put out there. So, right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Again, I'm not trying to say like, oh, you guys fucked up or anything. I'm just, I, I want a little bit more clarification because I was in the chat uh, as I was pointed out in the show, and then I was starting to piss off Yield because I kept sending the messages. <laughs> it's like just so join like, the show, man. I, you know what? Honestly, I could have joined the show, but I, you know, I'm, I was in that location where the train goes over my head every five minutes. And I already knew that the edit was going to be rough uh, because Donnie's audio, not not knowing about the audio bleep, I just knew it was already going to be a tough, I didn't want to have to go in and edit out the train because the noise removal uh, on Audacity has not been working properly lately. So it's like, I didn't want to add an extra step, but I started pissing Yield off in the chat. He's like, just join the show. I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. <laughs> Um, well, it's not only that, but where where you record at the office, like just the audio quality is not nearly as good as when like you don't come in as clearly, and it's obviously a lower volume than when you record in your studio. So it's just yeah better for the for everyone if you're not on you know people don't have to listen to that as well. Uh, well hold uh, on, I cut off yield into- there. Yield was gonna say something. No, no, you're fine. Yeah, I was just like it was like every time we were saying stuff, he's like, oh, here's this. Oh, no, 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 it's this. And I'm just like, oh my god, man, just join the show! Alright, well, actually, I have another, I have a, I, I have a particular bone to pick with you, Yield. Oh, well, okay. Be- before I get into the dual set edge. I knew I was going to be on last week's show, so I left notes for Alex, because I knew he was hosting, oh, I, in the Google Doc. I, I did delete a couple that I shouldn't have. I got over-delete happy. That is my bad. Yeah, you del- you deleted all of them. <laughs> I was gonna say because I, I didn't. Like, I looked at the agenda and I didn't see any notes. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess tricky. Because yield went in and resolved them all when he updated the trophy count. He just said resolve, 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 resolve. And then I got the emails after you guys ed- recorded, and I went yield resolved this, yield resolved that. I was like, I guarantee you, they never said those things. All right, so the the thing I want you to exp- uh, I want to go with the dual sets edge is. That controller is designed for m- most mostly shooters, as I as you said that you know as you reiterated that the type in the chat. And one of the questions you guys were having is why would you want the like the the square button on the back of the controller? So I want to tell you guys how I use uh, I use the scuff controller for the PS4, and now I'm using the scuff controller on the PS5 because it's the same thing. Um. Okay, so when you play the division, and Yield, you should know this. Okay. Um, like a standard shooter, L two is to you know look down your scope, and R two is to shoot. L one and R one are used to deploy your skills. Well, I don't hold the dual sense with my index and middle finger on L two and R two, and you know what I'm saying like I use my pointer fingers for L two and R two. Thank you, Jarvis. So I use my middle finger on the back buttons, which I've remapped to be my L1 and L2 to deploy my skills. So when I'm in a firefight, it's quicker and faster for me to do it that way. And that's the benefit for it. You were also saying, like, uh, Alex, you made a remark saying uh, for $200, 
you know, all that stuff was included. And then you made a remark saying for $80 for what you pay for a dual sense or $60, all that stuff should be included. That's not the same thing. Those, those things aren't there in there as replacement pieces. They're in there as a ways to, you know, customize your controller. Uh, Kayla says $200 for a controller. I'm not arguing the price. I am not saying $200 is, you know, right or wrong. I, that's not what I'm saying. I just want to clarify what you're getting for your $200. Because also people, one of the notes I left for that thing was that people are bitching about the $200 as Kayla's just did. But that's actually cheaper than the Xbox Elite controller, which has less features. So I just want to point those two things out, uh, those few things out before you know we move on. I'm not justifying the $200 price point. I'm not saying you, anybody should go out and pay $200. I did because it helps me. I like the controller. But as far as the scuff controller, and I can't speak to the DualSense Edge, which as I was predicted, I did pre-order. Um, as far as the, the scuff controller, it is basically a DualSense with buttons on the back. You guys can say your pieces now. I mean, I just think that they you talk they talk about how customizable the thing is, and you pay two hundred dollars with it, and what comes in box doesn't really allow you to customize it. I mean, there's very few options is what as far as what they give you, and so I imagine that when if you want to further customize it, you're going to have to buy extra stuff. No, the customize what they're talking about is you can customize. Okay, you do either one of you guys have a dual sensor in your hand right now? No, I do. Or not. near you? No, not in my hand. Okay. You, you just have to imagine this. So I'm holding my DualSense right now. The one, uh, I, my black one that I ordered. The two thumbsticks have a con cave that go in. Okay? The buttons go in. So you can change those to where it's domed. That's con convex? Convex. I, I always get confused between concave and convex. Convex is the is the dome. I guess so. I'll look that up real quick. Either way, they have buttons that either they're, the the buttons go in for your thumbs or it's domed. Um, that's customizable. You can change the uh, directional buttons. You can change the uh, you can map the, the sacred symbols buttons. Right, and it's also remappable. So, like. On like on my scuff controller, which I'm assuming that the DualSense Edge is going to do, I've I've remapped L1 and uh L1 and R1 as my back buttons. L1 and R1, the traditional ones, still work. It's just adding four triggers onto the back of the controller that you can remap to the button that you want. So it's it's not like Yield could use like a back button. To you know, use a macro to be able to do a, a flippy dippy goal in Rocket League, but if he wanted to say put his boost button on a back button, he doesn't have to hit circle on the on the front of the controller. He could just hold down the trigger at the back if that's easier for him. So that uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. It's it's. Unless he's killing me right now. Um, this is a horror show right before Thanksgiving or right Thanksgiving yeah we're getting close to that too right before Halloween uh, but I, I it's, it, it, it wasn't as simple as you guys were making it out to be there is more complexities with it 
But again, I'm not arguing saying all these complexities are worth the $200. Absolutely That's not. not my argument. I'm just saying it's not as simple as you guys were thinking it was. Thinking it's just a dual sense, and that if you you know if you put R1 on the back, the traditional R1 doesn't work anymore. That's not true. The buttons still work. It's just adding four buttons on the back that you can map it to whatever button you want it to be. Uh, you know what? For two hundred dollars, my dual sense works perfectly fine. Um, and we I looked it up. We were correct about con concave and convex and the orientations of those. Convex so is concave more like the, is in. Yeah, and convex is more like a dome. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, but, so, but I mean, like, so- Sony has to put that that controller out, and the Microsoft Microsoft as well, and they have to know that they're going to get catch some, you know, grief from some people because gaming is already an expensive hobby, and then you throw in a two hundred dollar controller. I'm complaining about having to spend eighty dollars on a controller. You can imagine how I feel. Well, you don't have to. I told you about a $200 controller. That's a bit much. I mean, I realize it's not for everybody, but you're going to get kind of laughed at when you put something out like this. Well, I mean, again, I'm not I'm not trying to argue. These controllers are quite popular because look at how everybody snapped to the Xbox Elite controller. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, this is the greatest controller, blah, blah, blah. And they went out, and I think at the time, the first Elite was 170, 180, somewhere around there. Yeah, right. It's not for everybody. I, I fully agree. It's not for everybody. But I'm telling you that as much as I play The Division, it's it was worth for me to invest into that because I'm able to deploy my skills and deploy, you know, my uh, grenades out quicker. Being able to, the way I hold a controller to use those four back buttons to get those stuff out quicker instead of me having to adjust my hand to go back to L1, L2. That's just me personally. Well, I mean, like, you, you said in the comments that you were putting in the chat last week that, it, you know, you use it for shooters. Like, is this mainly for people who play shooters? I I would argue that's where it goes for. I mean, I, obviously, I mean, it's custom. Like, the I know the DualSense Edge, it's got three profiles on it. So it is my, uh, my scuff controller where I can hit a button and say profile one is mapped to the division. Profile 2 is mapped to Rocket League. Profile 3 is mapped to Fortnite. I don't have to go in and manually do it. So, you know, depending on how you want to do your buttons, that's where they're talking about it's customizable and it's reprogrammable. Again, it's not for everybody, but for the people that play shooters competitively, the people that do stuff like that, as Caleb said, it's 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 a convenience. You're paying for a convenience. I, I, yeah, he wrapped it up. Uh, some comments from the chat. Matt G says the Elite 2, the Xbox Elite controller, 2 controller is 180. I thought it was 200. I uh, I will stand corrected. Uh, but he says, which is also still insane for a controller. Uh, Kayla says, it's buttons, homie. You crazy? LO, I created an arcade stick with the buttons from China. Works amazing. Cost me 30 bucks. And then he says it's convenient. Um, again, I, I, I just wanted to touch on that. I'm not arguing saying you two should go out and buy one because I know you. There ain't shot in hell either one you ever yeah, would. You you do that, and uh, what you're getting for Christmas is a straitjacket because you're going to the funny farm after making a comment like that. Um, but I just wanted to clarify because I, I, I feel like you guys were making it too simplified in what you were saying last night. And granted, I, I can't expect, Alex, you to actually, and uh, not a shot at you, I don't expect you to f- know fully about it because it doesn't have any interest in you at all, with you at all. But for me, 
I'm interested. I've done the research. I know the details. So I just want to further clarify for our audience. Uh, Kayla says street jackets are expensive. Well, you know what, Kayla? Sometimes you got to put out the money because they got Looney Tunes walking around the streets of New York, and you you, you got to make the rest of ever, the rest of us safer. I, I'm just a little worried that Kayla actually knows the price of street jackets. He's probably looked them up for you after listening to this show. <laughs> All right, let's do our updated trophy count. I am level six hundred eighty-three. Total trophies of sixteen thousand eight hundred seventy-seven or three hundred seventy-two platinums. Alex, I am. Not looking at the <laughs> agenda. All this time, you still didn't pull up the agenda. Wait a minute. Did you even send me the agenda? <laughs> yes, I sent you the agenda. No, That's you didn't because I don't have uh, it in my yeah. email. Wait Not a minute. Hold on. Downloading three of three. Agenda. Come on, Wi-Fi. Daddy needs a new pair of trophies. Yield, I, how long was that? We're 16 minutes in the show. He still hasn't pulled up the agenda. Oh, no, I, I just like the... I just like the, um, not looking at the agenda. Dude, I don't have an agenda. I sent you the agenda. I, I don't see an agenda. Well, I, I got one. All right, Yield, if you would do the honor, sir. Okay, so Alex is a level 464 with a trophy count of 8,158 and a platinum count of 131 platinums in 130 games. Mm, it's almost like I did it. You'll, you can just keep doing yours. <laughs> okay. I am a newly minted 482 with a trophy count of 8868. Man, it'd be really awesome if I remember to get only 20 trophies by next week. But it probably won't happen. And a platinum count of 159. And Sid is level 799. Total trophies of 19,728. With a plaque count of 604. He's almost doubled up. Uh, double up. Your trophy count. Yeah, I, 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 I can't be mad because I'm the cause of it. I know. <laughs> I, I, I can only be too I'm, bad. I'm, I'm proud of him, and I'm also disappointed in him. He, he did make a, a Facebook post saying uh, he's got to go outside. I, I, I'm proud of him because of his trophy count or his platinum count, but I'm also disappointed in him because when I turn my four on, and I always like to go over. What's new? I like to go down and see what the you know what all my friends on my PSN's been playing. Maybe if they got a platinum, I'll give it a thumbs up. And you just go down there, and Sid's got all of this rat plat. First time, 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 first time. It's like, oh my gosh, he needs he needs an intervention. Well, look at it this way: instead of you know, he's kind of fattening up for the winter, not in the normal sense, pack on pounds like you know hibernating animals. He's packing on. Platinum weight for January when Tricky can finally do his uh his rat platting rampage. And I think Rick made this comment on Facebook a few months ago, and I I wholeheartedly agree with him now. I I, I don't know if anybody else. I get on the PSN every Tuesday, and I scroll through you know what's new, check out the new deals, what's going on, stuff like that. I am why I am. One side of me is is happy for the, by definition, the trophy whores. Because the PSN every week is just flooded with new rat spam. I mean, you just go there and look and it's just, it's, it's like, like, just, I should say page after page because you scroll down. But I mean, just, it's all rat spam. Then like, ooh, that looks like a decent game. And then it's just all junk. In my opinion, 
But but as a as a true trophy horde, you guys are feasting like you wouldn't believe. But then on the other side of the coin, me, I just look at it and it's like, man, can we just put out some good games instead of all this junk? All right. Anyway. Okay. Just to show you guys how bad it is for me with the rat spam. I'm going to put a link in the Skype chat right now. Uh-oh. Do I want to look? And I'm going to let you know that I bought eight versions of this game for spam. Oh, and one in each region. I don't want you guys to I don't want you guys to outright like say what it is until you both see it, but this will show you how how dedicated I am to getting spam and both of you will understand the second you see the game. There's the link. Oh, I saw that last week and I was like, there ain't no way Tricky's playing that. You're actually gonna play that. Yeah, I don't need I don't even to see a picture. I just need to see a name of the game. Oh, I didn't know it was gonna come up with the name of the game. But yeah, yes. mine came up with the name of the game. I saw that. <laughs> Is that something like the whole pet the dog game that came up? Like It's um, the exact same thing. There's like pet the penguin, pet the fish, pet you name what? For the chat, just tell the chat what it is. Stroke the spider. Yeah, tricky for the Halloween season. Well, I guess not for the Halloween season, but uh, when he can finally do it, he's going to be stroking a spider. I, I, I fully intend to find out how to do it on another game and then look away from the screen as, I, as I'm doing it. So oh, I'm only going to go back to see if I got the platinum yet. <laughs> so since we're talking games and stuff, go ahead. for those of you who remember the original NES Metal Gear? I want okay. I want you to go into the PSN store and go under the search engine and search for a game called Unmetal, all one word. Unmetal. Unmetal. It U N. Yeah, U N Metal. It looks okay. like the original. You know, the picture looks like a Metal Gear game, so to speak. You know, kind of like an old school metal game. The trailer was enough for me to go, you know what, I think I'm going to buy this. And, of course, it helps that it's now 50% off, I think, until next week. So uh, Until the 19th of November. 19th of November, so two weeks. Well, a week from when you're hearing this. But anyway, and I'm like, you know what, this looks funny. And, it, and it, it's kind of top-down, like the old NES Metal Gear. And so I just go check it out. Let me know if I'm totally wrong, but I think it'll be good. I, I'm reading the description of this game. Yeah. And the last two things it says. Collect an arsenal of classic gear, things that go pew-pew, maybe a thing or two that goes boom, and some things that go boing, and definitely a thing that goes to scratch. And then the last line says, does this smell like chloroform to you? Like I said, watch the trailer because I I was like, okay, it looks kind of like Metal Gear. What what are we what are we going with? And oh my gosh, I was actually laughing out loud with the trailer. So, all right, I just bought it yield. Okay, well if I'm wrong, then you can be mad at me. But like I said, I, it's it's ten dollars. I'm not really. Yeah, <laughs> I I I think I'm gonna purchase it. I told my brother check it out. He was like, oh my god, this looks amazing. So, like I said, but if you're not into, if you don't remember playing the original NES Metal Gear, it may not sit with you as well, but I was like, oh my gosh, this looks funny, 
So, just want to put that out there for everybody. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm uh, messaging somebody. No, you're fine. I, I'll just comment that I like that we've gotten to the point on the PSN. I remember how everyone used to look at Steam and say, man, why can't the PSN and all these other services do constant sales? And now we've gotten to the point where it seems like there are games constantly on sale on the PSN. So, we've finally gotten to that point where we have just perpetual sales. I would say you're right, because when one... In, normally, it used to be you had a sale, and then you would go off for maybe a month or whatever, and then there would be another one. And now they seem to be... They've got two sales going on at one time. Like, I forget which one just ended. They got a Halloween one now. What... Wednesday or Thursday, the November sale kicked on, and it seems like they over like when one ends, the other one's still going on for another week, and it's kind of how it just keeps rolling as they always got two. I kind of like it. Uh, uh, My backlog doesn't like it. I I was getting I'm getting a little distracted. Okay, so. Uh, Yield, why don't you tell us what you've been playing, sir? Uh, so, I've been playing some Halo Farm Simulator. A little bit of World of Warship Legends going through the Halloween event. Uh, a little bit of Rocket League. Uh, some Deep Rock Galactic. I finished up the uh, DLC for Maneater. I will say that I looked up how to beat the Leviathan. Because that sucker was kicking my tail. And I'm not ashamed that I looked it up. I feel a little dirty, but not overly bad. Wait, is there a special trick to it other than just kind of like running around and freaking out and just living, like escaping by the skin of your teeth? Well, see, first off, I tried to go with a full setup of the Shadow Shark. That wasn't working. So I tried Bone Shark, full defense. That didn't work. So I tried full Atomic Shark. So I could shoot it. That didn't work. And because I tried it's, multi- it, and, the and Leviathan's I, atomic, so didn't the like yeah. atomic suit not work super well? It it did, but I I couldn't get away from him fast enough. Cause you know, he can lunge so far. So I looked up online and someone suggested a mixture of what was it? Shadow teeth, bone head, bone fins. Atomic body, shadow tail. So that way you had some speed, some defense, and you had the atomic body to withstand his atomic stuff that he does. Set your organs up for regen, health, uh, uh, ligaments. I can't remember the other two. First time, beat him. Oh, whiplash, and I forget the other other one. But anyway, first time after I set it up that way, beat him. No problem. I don't know. Maybe it was because I was away for a while and then came back, or it was just that setup. Beat him the first time, and I was like, okay, good. And then I looked up where to find the last of the quest people that I could eat in each section because I just didn't want to spend forever roaming the map anymore. And then after that, I played some more The Church in the Darkness. And knocked out actually quite a few trophies. Now I'm just down to eight trophies for the Platinum. And I've also been playing a lot of Immortals Phoenix Rising. That's it. All right, Alex. So I have gone back to the PS3. Haven't been really playing much on the PS5, except we did get together with, uh, it was me, Yield, and 
Nitro on Thursday for some of the Haunted Hallows and Rocket League. But mostly, I've been playing on the PS3, uh, you know, as I've been doing, trying to get more 100% in some of the games I've already played. Uh, went back to Star Wars The Force Unleashed, found a copy of the game, because it's disc only. So it's one of those games you go to the PS3, it's like you can't buy it digitally, you have to buy it on disc. Um, so I, I found it in one of my local game stores for 10 bucks. I originally had the game, but then I, I, I sold it or got rid of it or something. But I never I beat the game, I got the Platinum, but I didn't play the DLC. So there's three DLCs you can still buy on the PS3 store. The one for Hoth, the one for Tatooine, and then the uh, Jedi Academy. Went back through and beat all those. And, you know, I mean, there's still some fun to be had with the game. I You know, back in the day, like, obviously, some parts of that game were just a mind-blowing experience. But with the DLCs, like, some of the stuff they do in the story, like, they retcon stuff from the original Star Wars universe. Like, so, if you play Star Wars Fallen Order, like, they obviously cover a time period and characters, mostly, that are new. So if they have you fight a certain boss, it's generally not going to be anything big or that affects the story of Star Wars. Well, in the Force Unleashed DLC, you were the one, Starkiller, who fights and kills Obi-Wan, um, which is kind of like, okay. It's it just kind of, they do some stuff with the story by adding in some of these fa famous characters like Luke, who, after you do beat the Hoth scenario and beat Luke, it they almost kind of like, Luke gives into the dark side. They, that, that's what they kind of... Um, uh, I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm not, uh, yeah, well, basically, he, he kind of, you don't ever see, like, what his path is beyond this, but basically, he saves his friends, um, lets the, the Millennium Falcon out of uh, the airbase where you're attacking, but it, it, at, at the cost of that is he kind of, I guess, I don't know if he becomes your Padawan, but definitely joins Starkiller on the dark side, because you see his eyes turn, like, this yellow, this menacing yellow, so they kind of go back and they change some of the stuff. The, of the classic characters in the Star Wars universe, it's like, I don't really like this. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of this. So, um, you know, you fight Boba Fett in a hangar on Jabba's Palace. That's actually probably the coolest thing from these DLCs is you get to go to Jabba's Palace and there's a Rancor and everything. So it's not all bad, but the stuff they do with the story elements, it's it's where they, they kind of mess with... All, all history? Yeah, and I'm not necessarily a fan of that because you don't get that in, in Jedi Fallen Order. They fill in some, they plug in some holes where you never knew there were, because there weren't, they just like, oh, we want to make a game, and we'll make it make, make sense somehow. But with this, they're actually changing Star Wars history, and it's kind of like, hmm, I'm not as big a fan of that. So, um, But yeah, I got 100% in the game now. I went back and got all the trophies for the DLCs. So, uh, And ever since then, I have been playing Darksiders 2, because it's a game I had like 89% of the trophies and never had the Platinum Trophy, because I didn't want to do the Crucible and the 100 rounds of enemies, the 100 ways of enemies, and then fight Wiki K, but... You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go for it. So I've been playing Darksiders two, and not as I. You know, when it first came out, I'm like, this game's too bloated. I don't like it as much as Darksiders one. Still don't like it as much as Darksiders one, and I think you know they. It's not a bad thing to pack a lot into a game, um, but to go from what Darksiders one was to like an overworld map with kind of like a, a sandbox element to it definitely wasn't as keen on that. So I, I definitely prefer. The original Darksiders, but Darksiders 2 is still a really good game, so... Uh, and I know Tricky was a big fan of it, because obviously he's the one of us who's continued on with the Darksiders game ever since the original THQ went down, and now it's THQ Nordic, so... But I don't... I, I, once I get... Well, I say once. Hopefully I'll get the Platinum Trophy in Darksiders 2, and then I can... I'm, I'm not... I still have no desire to play any of the other Darksiders, because I just... They don't seem like they're that great. Tricky, you want to... Well, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just staring at all my Darksiders. Well, you you have played the more recent Darksiders game, and 
the Darksiders games, I should say. And I just, I don't know. I love the first one. Second one's like, yeah, this is good. But then like, I don't know. I've just never had the desire to go play three. Oh, and is there, have they done one with all four horsemen yet? Um, I don't, I don't know the answer to that because I didn't play Genesis. Well, because they, they, no, I did play, I did play Genesis. Because the plan was that they were going to do all four. And then I guess bring them together, but THQ obviously then went under. So, well, THQ went down after two. So three was made after THQ was re- resurrected, and then Genesis was also done that way. Uh, okay, Kalisis only has two, so that that had to be pain. Uh, not pain. That had to be um. Why am I blanking well, on the War was now? the first one. Death was the second war? one. But they had a third one. War. Yeah, I think I think Genesis has War and Strife. Okay, but who's the one in Darksiders 3? There's yeah. a lady horseman. Oh, God. You make me think of her name. Well, it's got, she's got to be one of the, the, the horsemen. She is one of the horsemen. Fury, 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 Fury. Okay, so technically they do have all of the Darksiders, all of the horsemen within this mythology in, in a game. Yes, but Genesis has strife in it, which was with the fourth horseman. But you're ca- you're with war the entire time. Oh, I mean, they at least have, make an appearance, right? The the first three games all feature one horseman. The fourth game, which introduced strife, which is the fourth horseman, but he it's not a solo game. It's a top down, uh, be- beat 'em up. Like think of like a Diablo. You know, it's top down, and, and that's the way you fight. So, it. so wait a minute, so they, because I assume Darksiders well, three was more like Darksiders two. I didn't play enough to to tell you that, but I would say three is actually kind of a mixture of one and two. But I, to be fair, I don't take that for granted because I really didn't put much time into three, uh, because I ran into a big ass spider and chickened out. Um, you know, and then. I don't know why they changed four. It's like, hey, you remember how much you loved Darksiders one? Well, we're gonna change it even further from that. And it's like, just give us, just give us the story. Like, if we liked one, just give us the story of Darksiders and keep the games close enough where people who enjoyed the first game can enjoy the other games. Don't make them like a top-down Diablo thing. Uh, Canlis confirmed that uh, yes, three is a mix between the first two. Be, I mean, to be honest, then maybe I might like three a little bit more than two, but still. Uh all right, sorry, I, I'm getting distracted over here. I'm trying to catch up on things that I missed last week. And well, tricky. Uh, what have you been playing? Because I mean, on PS3 games and some Rocket League. That's all I've been playing. Uh, I have been playing the Division Two, of course. Uh, but I haven't been playing that much. The game that I'm really, really rocking is Gotham Knights. And I've gotten multiple messages from people going, "Hey, is that game actually any good?" Because I've heard bad reviews. So. Here is my recommendation from Gotham Knights. If you're going in to play Rocket, uh, Gotham Knights and you're expecting an Arkham game, you're going to be severely disappointed. Is it a bad game? Not at all. It actually is a good game. There are things that I have uh, issues with. There's things that I'm like, I wish they would have done this a little differently. Um, but it, for the most part, it's a good game. The only thing I don't like is that uh, I don't know if 
This isn't a spoiler. All right, it's not a spoiler. You go out and you patrol the night. So on any particular night, you leave the watchtower and there's premeditated crimes going down or there's the story mission or there's this little side mission to do. You go out and you clear out the map and then you can go back to the watchtower and your night's concluded. And every time you go out and you stop a crime on the street, you get clues. So when you go back to the watchtower, all your clues come in. They go into like this, you know, they collect them. And then you have more premeditated crimes for the next night. Or you have, but after, I would say after every main story mission, you have to go back to the watchtower to collect your evidence. I have not used any other character besides Nightwing. I wanted to go through, but you can switch randomly on the fly. Anytime you go back to the watchtower, you can change your character. Um, but I've stuck with Nightwing. I if I have to, according to uh, what I heard, you have to do a new game plus to get some of the trophies. Uh, you know, as far as getting to the max level and all that stuff. So I'm probably gonna use a different character in my new game plus. One thing I do like about it is I've been using Nightwing entirely, but all the characters level up at the same exact time. So right now I'm level 23 Nightwing. When I switch to Red Hood, he's automatically a level 23. I have to go in and spec out his, you know, tech tree. But he's already... It's not like I'm so far in the game, I can't switch a character now because all my characters leveled up at the exact same time and they all get the same thing. Um, One gripe that I have, which has always been in the game, uh, and I'm sure you guys have done this, uh, you guys all played the Arkham games, right? Yes. I played the first okay. two. Okay. So, you know, like, they have these time trials where you have to go through these gates. Well, they've always done it in, like, where you have to be perfect to go through these gates. That the time in between the gates, every time you get to a new gate, it adds, like, two, three seconds onto your time. And you have to, like, be perfect. You can't, like, misstep at all. I This doesn't tell you... Like, it tells you the gate you're going for. It it tells you the next gate that you have to do, but that third gate doesn't appear until you go through one. So there's only two gates appear at one time. And there's no direction with the gates. So you could be flying, and then all of a sudden the gate, the next gate you have to go to, is like a hard left turn. But you don't know that. Like, you don't, you can't anticipate for that. So sometimes you're doing these races four or five times before you find the gates. Or they put the gate, like you're flying through the sky, and they'll put the gate underneath an overpass that you have no way of seeing unless you drop down low, but meanwhile you're four stories high. So you don't even know the gate's down there unless you happen to dive low, but you're not diving low because you're four stories high and you're looking left and right for the next gate. That irritates the hell out of me. You know what irritates the hell out of me? Is when they put races in superhero video game like why do i want to race around the map and and fly through these little spheres to extend my time why do i have to do that why can't i just do superhero shit uh all right so the next thing i'm gonna say is a little bit of a spoiler but it's not a spoiler the premise of this game is that you're playing as uh batman sidekicks and batman's dead if batman's dead batman should not appear in this game at all but 
you have to go into training exercises, and every time you go into a training exercise, it's Batman. It's the same cinematic place every time you go into the training thing, but Batman's in the game. Like, he's standing there. They extremely changed his voice. It's nowhere near what Kevin Conroy sounds like. Oh, epic so fail. That, I'm, I'm done. That, that takes you out of the experience <laughs> right there. Um, But, like, if Batman's dead, Batman's dead. But, the whole premise is, you know, Batman's dead, so he should not appear in the game. But when you go into the training exercises, it's not like they're saying, oh, Bat- we're, we're, Batman's alive and he's training you. It's, you know, a training program that Batman set up for you. The same thing with the with the, the uh, aerial time trials and the bike time trials. They, they've been set up so Batman is, is still testing you, even though he's not alive to see your results. Does that make sense? Yes. So, yeah, and like you hear my voice right now, and like you, like I'm not, I'm not even gonna try to do Kevin Conroy's voice, but you hear my voice right now. This is what Batman sounds like. It's like a severe change to what we've heard in every other game. It it, it takes you out of the experience. <sighs> anyway, uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying Arkham Knights. I'm probably gonna get the platinum. Uh, there's no difficulty trophies with it. Um, and I'm having a ton of fun with it. But, like I said, there are certain things that I could go on and on and on that takes you out of the experience. Or, you know, it's just, if you're going into this game expecting an Arkham game, you're not going to get that. I, I expect that more out of uh, Suicide Squad, uh, Kill the Justice League, when that comes out eventually. But this is this is a far departure from the Arkham games. Uh, all right. So that is what I've been playing. Are you guys ready to go into our news? Yes, sure. sure. As I say that, as I'm stalling, because I have to pull the agenda back up, because I've been clicking too many things. As is customary uh, with the first show of the new month, we're going to tell you the PlayStation Plus games that are coming out for November of this year. As revealed on the PlayStation blog, Sony has announced... The PlayStation games for November are going to be Neo 2, Lego Harry Potter Collection, and Heavenly Bodies. All three games will be available at no extra cost to the PlayStation Plus subscribers on November 1st. Uh, If you guys don't know what the games is, Neo 2 is a Souls-like sequel uh, released in 2020 that thrusts the player into the supernatural world of Japanese legend, fighting as samurai with supernatural abilities. I'm not even going to try to say that word because that's a Japanese word. Y O K A I. Yoki? Yaki? Uh, uh, Lego Harry Potter. I mean, I, I guess you guys can figure it's Harry Potter Legos. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, we don't need to explain that. Okay. And Heavenly Bodies uh, puts the player in space as they try to make their way through physics based scenarios, either alone or with a friend in local co op. There you go, Yield. You got local co op. That's always a plus. Using left and right sticks to push and pull, each level is inspired by a famous moment in space exploration history. Uh, there you go. Those are your PlayStation Plus games. Yo, we'll start with you, sir. What do you think about the games? Uh, I'm not overly thrilled with them, but yet I, I mean, it's cool that you're getting a Lego. You're getting a Lego collection that's got like, oh, what is it? Three games in it, I think. 
I think it's two. Three. Oh, is it only two? Uh, still, you're getting a, a, a Lego collection of games. If you like Harry Potter, you're probably going to like that. Me, I never got into Harry Potter, so. And the other two games, I it, it, it's a down month for me. So I'm, I'm waiting for December. All right. Mr. Alex? I mean, I I enjoyed... I watched the Harry Potter movies. I liked them. Been to Harry Potter World or the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Enjoyed that. Had a blast there. I A Lego game, though, centered around Harry Potter. Not a fan. Uh, I guess it is a good way to hold people over until... Oh, God. What's the what's the, the Harry Potter game? Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy. Legacy. That's coming out for PS5 early next year. So maybe a way to get people more excited for that. Um... Neo 2 is probably the game I'm most excited about. I mean, I don't know if I should say excited because I don't really have never seen. I know of Neo 2, but I've never played it. Never even played a, like a, a demo. So anyone, like I, I put it out there, it's like, so how is Neo 2? I don't know anything about that. So maybe Neo 2 is going to be the winner for me above this group. But, you know, who knows? I might not even play that. So. All right. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe I can slip uh, Jimmy Ryan some money and he can get you some better games. Hey, not every month is going to be a winner for everybody. There's going to be some awesome months for everybody. There's going to be some winners and losers. These last few months, well, last this month, if I hadn't already had Hot Wheels, this would have been a good month. But it, 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 it ebb and flows. And this is the ebb time, and I'm waiting for it to start flowing again. All right, I, I appreciate your answer, Yield, but you kind of killed the joke about slipping the money. Oh, Oh, now I get it. <laughs> I was just starting to get Alice going again. Hey, man. Alice is, you know what? Alice has continued to adore me. You know what, man? I No, I'm not trying to ignore you. I just, I didn't go sit down and have my food come out in error because I, you know, tried to push myself into an overworked staff at a restaurant, so. Well, speaking of overworked staffs, well, maybe underworked because Kanabi doesn't make games anymore. Uh, next story is coming from TechForGamers.com and is written by, oh God, Syed Hussein. Virtual Studios is reportedly teases a Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. Rumors about Konami revisiting their classic franchises have been there for a while now, and the series on the radar were Castlevania, Metal Gear Solid, and Silent Hill. Various media outlets, outlets co- collaborated these claims. Silent Hill transmission this month proved a part of the rumors to be accurate when Konami announced four Silent Hill games under development by multiple third-party studios. A Metal Gear Solid 3 remake is also heavily rumored and is speculated that Virtuous is the studio that will be working on its development. Earlier this month, it was spotted that Elite Software Engineer, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name, uh, at Virtuous Studios updated his LinkedIn profile to add working on unannounced ground-up AAA remake which further fueled the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake rumors. But it seems we have an alleged date when Konami will announce the highly anticipated Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. Today, Virtual Studios posted a teaser that was taken out shortly, but the users were fast and quick and cracked the Morse code that was posted. It was confirmed that the posted Morse code is translated to 8th of December, 1964. The exciting thing to hear is that the 8th of December is also the official date of the Game Awards this year. And the year 1964 is also of great significance as it was the events of when Metal Gear Solid 3 took place 31 years before the original Metal Gear Solid. 
Uh, I know you guys are not Metal Gear Solid fans, uh, but I will allow you to go before I make my one comment about this story. I mean, I guess I'll go first, Ricky. Maybe you can answer this for me. I don't understand why Sony has to keep doing this to us. Can you can you tell me why not, they, they have to keep putting out all these remakes? It's not Sony. I'm going to start calling you Homer in a second. It's not Sony. This is Konami. Tricky, do you honestly think that I didn't know that? I know you did. You can tell probably from my recent postings about this where people get all on Sony and then they want to make comments about Sony even in a remake made by another studio. It's that That's what I was getting at. I I, I know you did. This, was, this is what the along. industry is now. It's not just Sony. Should Sony remaster Horizon? If you want to play it, that's fine. I don't particularly want to pay money for it, and I didn't pay money for The Last of Us Part 1 either. But if you want to play it, that's fine. But I think we need to take less shots at Sony when very clearly it's not just Sony doing this. It's it's other studios as well. It's other companies as well. So if you're going to call out Sony, call out these other studios as well. Yield? Uh, I guess if you want to play it, buy it. All right. What I'm going to say about this is we've already had a remake of three. And if Konami is really trying to do fan service and re, you know, get people back into the series, um, you guys should really remake Metal Gear Solid One. That's the only game that hasn't been touched on, and that's the one everybody wants updated. And for me personally, I don't even care if you update the graphics. Re release the game with trophies, and I'll be happy with that. Um, I, I saw a fan remake. I'm pro you guys probably remember this. There was a fan remake where they updated the graphics and made it into, you know, a, a more uh, modernized version. And he, all all the guy did was make remake the, the opening level, and Konami shut that shit down. So, I, I don't know. Uh, Kayla says, to be fair, Konami hasn't done shit in years, and it was remade on the GameCube. Uh, no, that's not what... Okay, the GameCube was Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. That is not a remake. I'm sorry. That's not a remake. Uh, so, there you go. Uh, moving on. The next story is coming from IGN. is written by Kenneth Shippard. Uh... PlayStation's London studio is working on a co-op action game set in Fantasy UK. So, PlayStation's London studio, known for its work on games like iToy and Wonderbook, is working on an untitled co-op game set in the fantasy version of its home city. In a lengthy interview with GameIndustry.biz, co-studio head Stuart White explained that the studio is proud of its ex experimental history working on working with peripherals and virtual reality, but wanted to explore new challenges for its upcoming project. Quote, We definitely wanted to try something a little different, and we think this new project really channels our brave value and allows us to push forward on the curious front as well. Uh, it's an exciting future. It really is. That's the end of the quote. Co-studio head Tara Saunders. Any relation there, Alex? I'm afraid not. Says the fantasy game is being developed uh, for PlayStation 5 and will include themes of, quote, bringing fantastical and magical elements to intersecting with familiar words, end quote, such as it is the fantasy version of London. 
London Studio clarified it's not making another VR game, but it is still uses some tools from its previous VR work, such as its internal Soho engine during development. The studio's most recent game, Blood and Truth, was released for the VR in 2019, which IGN described as a great example of what PSVR can accomplish with a fun, engrossing blockbuster story. End quote. Prior to this, London Studio also released PlayStation VR Worlds, which launched alongside the virtual reality headset in 2016. But it sounds like the studio is leaving outside peripherals behind for the time being with this new project. Now, I know you guys have probably not experienced any of uh, London Studios' work because you guys don't do the VR. But I will tell you from what I've seen from them, they do fantastic work. And this actually excites me. So, Yield, I'll go with you first, sir. You're right. I haven't played any of the games. <laughs> okay. I mean, I can't comment on I haven't played any I, of them. I, I, I realize that, but I, I figured maybe you could speculate a little bit. A little bit. Alex, what about you? You, you say Boda's uh, Yield? I... I will say that Sony taking some of their teams and letting them stretch their legs more as far as games go and do something that's more widely desired or something that will appeal to more people is definitely a good thing. I mean, yes, Sony has spent resources kind of respecting old games or, you know, remaking game newer and older games to put them out and make an easy buck, which I understand, but when you get you have so many studios as they do and you find a way to get all those studios involved in making games that you know a lot of people can enjoy and supporting all your main platforms that's a good thing like i i have not really played much of what london studios put out but i would love to see them i would love to play a game from them so if if sony is focused on getting bigger better games from all of their studios you know studios that even that traditionally had been in support or remake roles like blue point games then that that to me is only a good thing. So I mean, using your your resources wisely and allowing these studios to be more free and more um, expressive and creative on their own, then that's that's fantastic. All right. Uh, the next two stories I contemplate putting as a topic of the week because I think they are uh, good, you know, topics that we're going to get into. So let's try to you know give our opinions as if this was the topic of the week. Uh, coming from IGN and written by Ryan Dinsdale, PlayStation is building a new studio to work with Naughty Dog on an unannounced game. As spotted by VGC, a job listing shows the new team is being created in collaboration with PlayStation Studios Visual Arts, a developer that previously assisted with PlayStation's motion capture, cinematics, animation, and more across several franchises franchises including Uncharted and The Last of Us. The new developer will work will then work with Naughty Dog to create a PlayStation game. Quote This highly this high visibility project is being developed in collaboration with Naughty Dog. Though currently unannounced, we have a clear vision and plan to release. Using our existing expertise and premier talent, we will guarantee a high visual quality bar for the game and a compelling experience for our players. End quote. Though Sony doesn't explicitly say that the new game will be a AAA production, it does request that the candidate is, quote, proficient in all aspects of AAA game production and management, end quote, and has published at least two AAA games previously. 
Though nothing is confirmed, this hints towards a PS... They put a PS dollar sign. Uh, but it's supposed to be PS5. Visual Arts becoming a developer for its own projects instead of supporting others have appeared throughout the last few years. One job listing from 2020 showed the company was hiring for a third-person action-adventure game with melee and ranged combat. This description would appear to match an Uncharted game, tying in nicely with the Naughty Dog collaboration, and the studio's created, creative director, Sean Esk-Yang, said earlier this year that it's a world, quote, we want to see more of, end quote. So, uh, Yield, I will go to you first. Uh, Kalis, I'm just gonna tell you to go F yourself. That's all I'm gonna say. He didn't say that. That was, that was rude. Well, he said Google says Twin Snakes is a remake. It's not. Okay? But he said we'll talk later. LOL. Kalis, I love you. Yield, go to you first. Uh, what do you think is gonna come out of this, uh, collaboration with Naughty Dog? Oh, wow. Honestly, I don't know. And I don't know what to think of it. I'm I'm intrigued, and I'm worried. Um, I guess I, guess I want to know more before I can really make any kind of good, educated guesses. Because what's Naughty Dog's involvement? You know, is this new studio we are creating actually creating their own game, or possibly creating another game in the Uncharted universe? And all that Naughty Dog is doing is just setting their parameters or being their compass and going, this is the direction that you need to go with an Uncharted game. Because I would feel that Naughty Dog, as a studio of themselves, doesn't need help from another studio when it comes to making a new game, or at least... Well, yeah, yeah, they don't need help. I wasn't going to try to take a dig at Naughty Dog. Um, so, while this is a, an interesting announcement, there's a lot of things, I feel, that are still in play that you really can't make. All you can do is make assumptions. And enough of that goes on in the video game world. I mean, your safe bet would be that they're making an Uncharted game. But... You know, maybe they're not. So I, that, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm kind of indecisive, I guess. All right. The, the only thing I'm going to say before I go to Alex is if they are making an Uncharted game, it would make sense that they want to consult with the people that made Uncharted. Well, yes, absolutely. That's why I said it. it I. I want I need more information to, before I can really give a good opinion because we don't know Naughty Dog's involvement. Are they heavily involved or are we just like I said they're just the compass? Well, that that's also what you know, leads to my other point is that if Naughty Dog is working with this new developer that to me sounds like they're Naughty Dog is being pulled off of what whatever they were doing. Or at least they don't, yeah, you don't have their undivided attention on what they're doing. Right, so that worries me. So, my initial thought when I read this the first time is, Sony is making the studio. They're having Naughty Dog come in to teach them what they need to do to develop for the PS5 and, you know, do all that stuff. 
and then they're gonna be you know be left on their own. But why is Sony if that if that last part is true, why is Sony making a studio with people that don't know how to develop already? That's where I worry. It's like you're bringing these guys in to help them make this game, but why are you doing a studio if they don't know how to make a game? Yeah, because if, if speculating, if you right. are making another Uncharted game, it can't be a bump in the road. You know, it has to be good. Right, and, 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 and to your point, you know, we were talking about the Arkham games earlier. Rocksteady made the three games, and when they handed off the franchise to uh, Warner Brothers Montreal, which made Arkham Origins, Origins by far is the is the is game the, that everybody is the says weak, was the worst. Is the weakest, yes. So when you hand off a franchise to another studio, I, I mean the the argument could be made that the new studio doesn't have the love and passion behind the series. They weren't the developers. They weren't the ones that wrote the stories. They weren't the ones that made it first. They don't have the passion for it. So it's going to decline a little bit. So they've said numerous times, Naughty Dog is done with Uncharted. They're not making another Uncharted game. So if they want Uncharted to move on, they do have to hand it off to another studio. And it would make sense to say, okay, this is the new studio that's making an Uncharted game. And we're gonna give you, we're gonna let you borrow people from Naughty Dog, because that's their passion. But I don't know. This like, it's a little too vague for me. Alex, uh, what are your thoughts, sir? Well, I mean, it's a little bit ba- vague because we don't really have any specifics on it. It, it. When you first started reading the kind of article, you it seemed like this team was going to help Naughty Dog with whatever Naughty Dog is working on a la how Sony Santa Monica had eight studios helping them in building God of War Ragnarok. So what you're saying is, it's not another studio coming in to, they're not building another studio to help Naughty Dog with whatever they're doing. They're building a studio, and then Naughty Dog is going to help this team with whatever they're working on. Is that uh, is that how it is? Because I, at first I thought this I'm, team okay. was going to help Naughty Dog. If you go by the title of the article, which says PlayStation is building a new studio to work with Naughty Dog on an Uncharted game, that to, that just the title sounds like they're bringing this new team in to help Naughty Dog with their game. But as I read the article, I got the impression Naughty Dog's being brought in to work on the new studio's game. But in the title, it says Uncharted? It just says unannounced game. In the article, it says, uh, through the job listing, it hints towards another Uncharted game. All right, I mean, I think that Naughty Dog is a big enough team where if they need to help this other studio with it, I mean, anything that Naughty Dog is involved in, I would think would be a AAA game. If it is indeed an Uncharted game, that's AAA. Um, so... I think that if you, you're building a team and then you have Naughty Dog, you're kind of siphoning off resources from Naughty Dog, I would think that that is going to be some kind of AAA game and then something within the Naughty Dog universe. You know, Uncharted would be a good bet because they're probably not going to do a Jack and Daxter. They can't do a thing with Crash Bandicoot. And anything Last of Us, Naughty Dog proper is going to be working on. So I think that having Naughty Dog involved, you, what has been said is is good guesses like, 
the, it is a um good good guess is based on on the logic that we can draw from 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 what we have which is is basically nothing we know that the party's involved we don't even know the new studios but they're looking for triple a talent people who have dealt with triple a games before so you figure that's where we're headed and with naughty dog a studio that only makes triple a games you figure that and, and you know specifically why were they brought in you know maybe as uncharted so i think that we're making adequate it's not like just stabs in the dark i think we are kind of focusing where we need to focus as far as like you know hey as far as conjecture goes but there's only so much you can say and i would think that sony knowing how to allocate talent like i mean we we saw how much like um you know developer power they had to put behind god of war ragnarok i would assume that they're better at managing their projects than some other studios and some other companies and that they would you know would need just enough talent from Naughty Dog without having it hurt the other projects that Naughty Dog are working on. Because let's be real, when it comes down to it, Naughty Dog is one of their biggest developers. It's one of their biggest studios. Their games are some of their biggest projects. So they're not going to hurt those in, you know, in trying to use enough talent to get whatever this other studio is working on off the ground. So I have faith. All right. Moving on to our next story, which I thought was also worthy of a topic of the week. Coming from PCGamer.com, Kalisto Protocol is canceled in Japan after the developers refuse to make rating board changes. Uh, this article is written by Joshua Wolens, W-O-L-E-N-S. The article reads, The Callisto Protocol, the fleshy, gooey space horror film from former Dead Space developers, has been canceled in Japan following a thumbs-down from the country's computer entertainment ratings organization. In a statement posted to Twitter, the games team saying that it's going to cancel the game's Japanese release entirely rather than make the changes necessarily necessary to uh, satisfy the ratings board. The statement is understandably in Japanese, but we can provide a basic translation. It reads, quote, The Kaliso Protocol's Japanese version has been discontinued, at present, it cannot pass the CERO rating. Uh, before going on to say that the team decided that making the required the C- CERO's required changes would, quote, not provide the experience the players expect, end quote, so the game will not release in Japan at all. Um, the article goes on to say more, but you guys have the gist of it. Alex, I'm going to start with you. Is, are they making the right choice in canceling their game in Japan because they don't want to make the changes? Or is the... Let me say that again. Is the developer right in this situation? Or are they wrong in this situation? What do you think? Well, I think that anybody who gets to play this game you know, in another country, I think we would probably all agree that it's good that you're not willing, as the creators, you're not willing to change your game based on what a ratings board said, and you're just like, you know what? We're just going to seed the sales in Japan, which, you know, maybe they're like, our games have never sold that well in Japan anyway. So, I mean, this this is coming from somebody who was on the Dead Space team. So maybe they have previous kind of experience with that and say, oh, this is how Dead Space sold in Japan. So if we don't get Japan, who cares? We are focused on these other markets. And if we kind of edit out our content, because I mean, we've talked about, you know, how many times in the past about articles about games being censored for certain countries and certain markets and we're like we're always uneasy about it because we don't really want creators to have to censor their games for one specific 
you know, set of rules. So I'm, I, I think that they're like, we want to make this game. We want to make the way we want to make it. And we're going to keep the content in there. And this is going to be our creation. And you're not going to have any say in it. Bravo. I think it's a good decision because it's the game they want to make. Yield? I'm curious as to what it was that wouldn't pass. But obviously... Uh, uh, according to the article, it's the... Uh... They they said the CRO, which is basically our, our ESRB. ESRB, yeah. I mean, I get that, uh, but but uh, I, I'm I'm curious as to why it wouldn't pass. Well, I'm, that's reading from the article. It says um, the statement doesn't get into the reasons that it was that the CRO turned up its nose at the game, but it wouldn't be too surprising if the game's gratuitous violence and disturbed regulators. The CERO is notorious for its sensitivity to gore and dismemberment. And the Kalisa Protocol has a, that in abundance. Okay. So, I I am okay with the fact that if a developer is like, man, this totally changes our game, we're not adjusting it for another con. Now, that's a bummer for them, because I'm sure there are horror fans in Japan. But I can understand... You know, that's a whole lot of work for, like Alex was saying, one small market share. Now, I shouldn't say a small market share, but for one market share, you'd have to, you know, change a lot of your game possibly. Hypothesize there or speculating there. So I'm okay with it. You know, I mean, it sucks for them because, or it sucks for the Japanese market it sucks for the devs because you're losing out on some sales but at the same time you're not spending that money to make a specific game for a specific market alright Matt G says in the chat it seems neat the developer decides they don't need the Japanese market at the expense of their developer vision I agree and and again this was I don't know if it's Glenn Schofield or or who it is, but there are people from the original Dead Space team working on Callisto Project, the Callisto Protocol, so they would know what type of games they're going to sell in Japan. And I would, you know, because obviously certain games and certain certain characters are market well and sell well better in one market as opposed to another. So I would guess that Dead Space is more of a Western franchise than anything. And I'd actually be surprised, or I actually am curious as if, uh, the Dead Space remake, if that is going to make it to Japan, or if well, EA probably will just censor it the way they need to, but it would be funny if Dead Space went to Japan as is, and the Callisto Protocol was just that much more violent. Because as we know, Dead Space is pretty violent. Well, my I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I, I stand with the developer on this. My worry is, are we entering a slippery slope where because it didn't pass a ratings board, we're now going to start canceling games in other countries because somebody on the rating board decided this is too violent. I mean, that's why we have the ratings. Granted, we've talked about this on the show many times, where games like uh, Leisure Suit Larry, which got an AO rating, you know, those games are never going to come out on the PlayStation and the Xbox because of, you know, they don't allow AO games on their systems. But are we now entering a slippery slope where somebody on a review board can say, your game is too violent, and the developer's like, I don't feel it is, but 
uh, we're not going to change it because this is our vision. Are we now going to get censored by games? I mean, I don't think this is too much of a problem in the United States, but we've talked about other countries' games getting, uh, you know, changed or they didn't pass a board or they're not getting released there. Are we now entering a slippery slope? Is is my worry with all this? Hard to, it, it's how I'm trying to think of how I want to say or if I want to say anything. I would just say I guess it's it it's hard to say. I mean, I guess we'll have to see if this starts to become more and more of a thing where, uh, you know, uh, a country's like, "Nah, you're we don't we're not we're not letting your game pass," and the developer goes, "You know what? That's fine. You're not getting it then." Yeah, but does couldn't that? I mean, I, again, I stand with the developer on this. I, I fully support their decision not to do this, but you, you have. You have to assume that there's many people that pre-ordered this game in Japan that are now extremely pissed off that they're not getting this game. I mean, the developer, you know, runs the risk of pissing off an entire fan base that may not buy their future games because they didn't have the balls to, you know, and I'm I'm saying that gingerly, you know, they didn't have the balls to change their game to get it to them the first time. So why are they going to put their money out for a future game? I mean, it sounds like the, the the lack of balls is not the problem here. It seems like they have plenty of balls to keep their their game the way they want it and not, you know, give in to what the the Japanese rating board wants. I'd say that's plenty of balls there. Um, oh, I, well, I mean, maybe I used the wrong analogy, but I'm just saying. My my guess my guess would be they would have to really change the game to make it okay over there, and they were unwilling to do that. It wasn't just a, oh, hey, clean this up here and we're okay. Right. I mean, you always run the risk of the ESRB or PEGI or, you know, whatever ratings board around the world, because there's so many of them, they have different standards. You're going to run into a situation like this where it's fine for the U.S. market, but it's not fine for the Japanese market. You know, so says the ratings board. So I don't think this is going to, I think this is a sign that ratings boards aren't going to hinder game development because, you know, we've had stories in the past where this game can't be in this market because of, so-and-so or because this this content whether it be violence or just something that's more socially based uh this game can't go to here for this reason so i think that it's good that developers like you know what we'll just forego that market but we're still going to make the game and put it out the fact that a developer on a new ip doesn't feel the pressure to give in is a good sign for the video game industry because i think the bigger problem would be is if video game companies feel the need to censor themselves for the sake of just getting their game out there and this is an instance where the game developer is fighting to get their game out there the way they want it. I think that's a positive. All right. Your uh, final comments? No. Don't have any. All right. We're moving on to our last story before we go into our topic of the week. Uh, this is coming from IGN. Um, and we talked about the Arkham games already. And we know that Rocksteady is coming out with Suicide, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. But we have some bad news leading up to the release of that game. Uh, this has come from Joe Scribbles over at IGN. Arkham, Batman Arkham Studio co-founders are leaving the studio. Rocksteady co-founders Shefton Hill and Jamie Walker, who helped create the Batman Arkham series, as well as the upcoming Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, are, kill- are leaving the studio for a, quote, new adventure in gaming. End quote. 
In an open letter, Warner Brothers Interactive President David Hedden said, quote, With Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League nearly finished, they have both decided to leave Rocksteady at the end of 2022 and will begin a new venture in gaming. And, quote, it's not clear what that new venture will be. It's not just a major change in leadership for the business, but on the creative side, with Hill having directed all of Rocksteady's Arkham games, as well as Suicide Squad, Hill and Walker will be, will be replaced by Nathan Burlow as studio director and Darius, uh, I can't even say your last name, Darius, I'm sorry, as studio project director. It's not clear who, if anyone, will take up the reins as director of the upcoming Suicide Squad game. Uh, they have issued a statement, but I don't want to read the statement and bore everybody. Uh, Alex, I'll go to you first. Is this a bad sign for one, for Suicide Squad? Um, and two, what does it say that the co-founders of the studio are leaving and we're getting the news before the game is even released? No, I mean, if this they, they were kind of like executive producers or directors on the game and they kind of decided to leave halfway, yeah, that'd be very concerning, but... That's exactly what they were. They were heading up the Suicide Squad game. Okay, well, yeah, that's not they a good the sign then. Um, if they were more hands-off, I would not be all that um, all that worried if they just worked there and they were kind of consultants, but yeah, I not a good sign, but at the same time, things happen in life and... You would figure that if it's, you know, just like a personal thing for one of them, they would, one of them would leave, but it wouldn't be both of them, but it's both of them in this case, so I don't necessarily know if they had disagreements over the directions of the game with Warner Brothers, or if they just got fed up and said, you know what, I'm tired of doing these superhero games, I want to go do something else. I mean, you would figure they would, you know, still want to do, keep on with the pro. I don't know. It sounds to me like if they're leaving midway, there's probably some bumping heads going with, uh, with the company and their direction of the game, and they they are not allowed to do what they want with a Suicide Squad game, or they're being told what to do and they don't like it. Alright, you know, before I let you go, I just want to put this out there. Uh, and this is pure speculation, but you would have to assume that this close to release, the, the, the core of the game is probably done. The story, the animations, now they're just, you know, tweaking everything and polishing it. So, it could be argued, and I don't know this for a fa fact, this is all speculation, that the game's already done, they're just leaving and letting the studio polish up the game. Does that sound like a, a plausible thing to you, Yield? Uh, that would be my thing, that possibly the game's done, or what they need to do with the game is done. So they're like, adios. Um, I would say this is a big blow for Rocksteady. You know? So, I mean, unfortunately, on something like this, we can only say time will tell. You know, after Suicide Squad comes out, what's Rocksteady's next project, and we'll have to judge it from there, whether or not they are still the same studio as they were with these guys in charge. And then we'll have to see what these guys do next. So it's it's unfortunate. I would say that it's a major blow to Rocksteady because your co-founders are leaving. That's kind of the vision, you know, you would think, that that is the vision of your company, and the Rocksteady Batman games are held very highly. So, you know, it, it was the same thing. It was almost kind of the same thing when, uh, oh, why am I drawing the blank? Amy Hannon. No, 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 no. The other one. 
Druckmann stayed, but the other co-president. Bruce Straley. Oh, Bruce Straley. Bruce Straley. When Bruce Straley left, you know, it was, well, you know, that's one of the cornerstones of Naughty Dog. How is, how, you know, how is things going to shake out? So, but, but you still had Druckmann. Well, now you've lost two cornerstones of your company. So, this ship might be wob- rocking a little bit and not in the good way. So, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm still looking forward to Suicide Squad because I do like the Rocksteady games. I have faith that this is still going to be a good game. But yeah, as you both pointed out, this really sucks that the two co-founders who have been behind all of the games that we've loved is leaving. I mean, to me, I, I don't know if it's on the same level, but to me, this is almost the, this, the equivalent of Kojima leaving Konami. You know, you, you have a cornerstone of the company, and they're just leaving. I mean, granted, we knew Konami and Kojima were having their fights. Uh, you know, they didn't see eye to eye, and it was just better they separate. But that's not the story we're getting from here. It's not sound like they're having their button heads. They just decided that they didn't want to do Rocksteady anymore. They're going to start their, uh, as they said, new adventure in gaming. What that means, we don't know. So... Alright, so at this time, uh, we're going to throw it across the pond to Sid, but gentlemen, I'm going to leave it up to you, uh, because Sid has left us a 11-minute selfie showcase. Do you want to do that live, or do you want to uh, have that patched in later? Uh, just do it live. Stand for. Take it away, Sid. Hello again, my friends. Sid again with yet another Sophie's Trophies, and this one is a zombie-themed game. Um, The last one for the Halloween season. Um, It is a game I have covered again a long time ago, so let's just see if we can do it a bit better. And this is Dead Nation. This is the Apocalypse Edition, so the PS4 edition of Dead Nation. Um, It came with all the extra um, levels. Um, and some of the trophies were a little bit different than the PS3 version. The game itself, guys, is a twin-stick shooter. Um, It is from Housemark, best known now for Resogun. But for me, this is my favourite game of theirs. Um, I love this game, guys. So let's jump into these trophies and see what we get. Romero would be proud. That is your platinum trophy for getting all the others. Mediocrity, complete campaign on normal. Tough enough, complete campaign mode on grim. Morbid curiosity, complete the campaign mode on morbid. So those are three difficulty trophies, self-explanatory. You can pick which level you uh, do at any time. Then we have double the action, complete campaign mode in co-op mode. So I think this is one that they added, guys, from what I remember. The PS3 version didn't have um, complete it in co-op. You didn't have to do that. I don't think. I could be wrong, actually. I'm not too sure, but let's just say that anyway, guys. Um, And so it begins. Complete mission one. Any difficulty level. A trip downtown. Complete mission two. Any uh, difficulty level. Walk in the park. Complete mission three, any difficulty level. 
on top of the world, complete mission 4, any difficulty level. Out of the city, complete mission 5, any difficulty level. Hospital bill through the roof, complete mission 6, any difficulty level. And we have Gravedigger, Train to Nowhere, Sleeping with the Fishes, Took the Highway. So they are all complete those levels up to level 10 on any difficulty level. And then we have Teamwork, Complete a Mission in Co-op. So you do that any difficulty level again. Then we have Very Dead, Complete a Mission on Undead, which I think is the hardest, hardest, hardest level. So you only have to do one. Then we have Survivor. Complete a mission without dying. Which isn't too difficult. Just do the first mission, guys. It's not too tough. Skilled. Complete a mission without receiving any damage. So, this one is probably best when you've unlocked a few weapons, I think. Um, you know, play it on very, very, very easy and just take your time and work your way through the level slowly. If you play the levels enough, guys, you will learn the patterns and where the zombies come because it does not change uh, in the level. It is all pre-scripted, so you can learn it. Zombie killer. Kill a thousand zombies. Zombie hunter. Kill ten thousand zombies. Genocidery. Or genocidery, sorry. Kill 53,597 zombies. So it takes a while, that one. Um, but it goes across all levels, all um, difficulties, everything. So doesn't matter what you do, that will add to your total. Uh, aim for the head. Perform 500 headshots. This will come naturally, guys, because the headshots, you can't actually aim for the head. You'll be aiming for them, and sometimes it will hit them in the head. Up close and personal, perform 500 melee kills. Blown to bits, blow up a thousand zombies. Pyromaniac, burn a thousand zombies. Now I'm not going into detail with these guys because it's pretty self-explanatory what you have to do. Car killer, destroy 500 vehicles. So that does take a while, that one guys. Um, again, all difficulties, all levels, it all adds up. Um, there is a stat page, so you can look and see what, you, uh, what you've what you done and what you haven't. Upgrade a, fully upgrade a single stat of any weapon in campaign mode. So you earn money as you shoot zombies. Um, and as you look in cars, because some cars have boots that you can open and you've got to look inside those. That will come into play in a bit for another trophy. But that's how you get money. Um, and as you go through the level, there are sort of caravans um they look like um, you know burger vans that kind of thing um but they are selling guns and not burgers so you go in there and upgrade your weapons weapons specialists upgrade all stats of any weapon in campaign mode so this one instead of just a single stat you have to fully upgrade one of your weapons just concentrate on whichever weapon you prefer using and get that upgraded as quick as you can because you can always upgrade the others as you go along. Suit up. Collect an armour piece. Now these are in chests. And chests are quite well hidden. Um, they are usually off the beaten path. Uh, sometimes you have to dash through fire 
um, to get to said beaten path. Um, you know, you've got to keep your eye out, guys, for where you're going to get these from. Um, but when you get there, just open them and they will give you a piece of armor. Top gear, collect all armor pieces. Contributor, help your country to clear the virus infection. Now, this one I'm not too sure about. I don't know what they're on about here. I mean, as you're playing the game, guys, there is a screen that shows, say, I'm in England, which I am. Um, it shows what England has done to the zombie infection. I don't know whether it's an actual stat that's used by um, sort of in-game stats, as it were, or whether they're just made up. I don't know. But whatever you do, that trophy will just pop really, really easily. Looter. Collect all the loot in any mission. So you've got to get 100% of loot. This comes from little square boxes, like lock boxes. Um, so you've got to open those, collect what's in those. Car boots, you've got to open those, collect what's in those. But to get the stuff from the car boots, guys, you have to be damn careful you don't blow up the cars. So anytime you see a car, just head straight towards it, if it's safe to do so, um, and check the boot. Um, because otherwise you will miss it if that car ends up blowing up because you've shot it. After that, you can use the car as a bomb. That's fine. But just make sure to check every car and check every nook and cranny in the level. King of Looters. Collect all the loot in every mission. Uh, memento Collector. Find all mementos in a single player campaign in a single playthrough. So, this one guys. As you open boxes and things like that, um, you will sometimes get a picture of one of the dev team. Um, that is a memento. So you have to find all of those. It's just the same as looking for everything else, really. Still in the game. Survive to round five. Never give up. Survive to round ten. Okay, so this one. This is in the added Apocalypse Edition section of the game. Um, it's uh, There's a few rounds. I don't know how many rounds you can get to, but it go as long as you want I think um, so you'll pick an area um, and then you'll have to clear that area and once you've cleared that area the next round will start with even harder enemies and the area will expand a little bit um, so you have to keep doing that and doing that and doing that um, as you go through this you will get to certain sections where it will give you a choice for an upgrade so you can either upgrade a weapon your health or anything else and it's all about being strategic and trying to pick the right upgrades for the right situation. So get to round 10 on that and you will survive. So what I said about the co-op before, that wasn't an added trophy. This is the added section. Um, these last few trophies here. Um, so yeah. Then we have Combo Master. Get the Apocalypse Combo Kill Bonus. 150 kills. This is quite difficult. Um... There's not really too much you can do about it. Um, you just have to practice this um, survival edition part of the game. It, sorry guys, it's been a long time since I played this game. So I'm probably not doing it better than I did last time. But hey, there you go. So anyway, 150 kills. You have to just keep killing and killing and killing and killing and killing without getting hit. Because every time you get hit, your combo goes down. So practice that one, guys. It is doable. Then we have Dynamic Duo. Complete around 
in co-op without either player taking damage. So you need a friend for this, as always. Obviously, co-op. And uh, just get through the levels together without getting hit. So, in this section, there are emblems, big emblems, that you can find. Um, and I think there's eight or nine of them, something like that. I'm not, I don't think there's ten. I could be, could be wrong, but I don't think there's ten. So what you have to do is, as you're going around doing the um, route through whatever level you have chosen to do a route through, um, you will find these emblems. They look like big sewer holes. That's what they look like, or manholes, manhole covers. Um, so go up to them and interact with them, and you will collect it. So as you go around, you can take different routes. Um, so each time you do a circuit of the game or the level, take a different route, and that way you will find all of these. So that is it for Dead Nation, guys. That is the last um, spooky game uh, for the Halloween season. Um, you know what? I've not actually played that many spooky games, to be honest. I thought I'd play more, um, which is why I'm covering these older ones. But hey-ho, we, uh, we will get on to some other games that I haven't covered uh, next week. But for now, guys, I hope that was okay. Take it easy and keep getting those trophies. Bye. All right. So last week, you guys uh, missed a couple of listener questions. So we're going to go into those now. Time to check my social media. All right. Starting off, we're going to stay with Sid. Sid wants to know, why is Dark Souls so good? I can't answer that because I've never played Dark Souls. Yield? I can't speak to that because I've never played it. Alex? Cool atmosphere, cool monsters, even if it is punishingly hard. All right. Matt G wants to know, burgers, hot dogs, or chicken wings? Yield? Uh, burgers, closely followed by hot dogs. I'm going to say cheeseburger, but that falls under burger, so. And Alex? Chicken wings. Chicken wings. And Rick says spicy chicken wings all day, but I stay away from the spicy because spicy likes to kill them. Because spicy tries to kill them. Um, uh, Rick says, would you rather be a werewolf or vampire? Alex? Well, I think both denote some super strength, which is always a pretty cool, you know, benefit to being some kind of superhero or a monster. Um... I don't know. I don't think I would ever get used to wanting to drink blood. So, I mean, granted, as a werewolf, I don't know if you can sit down and eat, like, a, a, a big old bucket of chicken wings. You might have to just feast on other creatures' flesh anyway. I don't know. Like, vampires more civilized. I'll bet they have better parties than than, than uh, werewolves. I mean, you're both you're eating for survival. You're, you're trying to hide yourself. I don't know. Werewolves come out in the mid, in you know, at night to the moonlight. I mean, they both come; can only exist at night. So, uh, but you could also, as a werewolf, exist during the day. You're just a person. You know what, werewolf? Because I could still. You're, I was gonna say you're way overthinking this. Well, it's it's a good question, but I think that not having to sleep during the day and not just come out at night and not having to suck blood, like I could be a human and still eat human foods. Whereas you know, vampires they can't eat human foods. Like they throw up if and barf if they if and get sick if they have human food. They have to have blood. So that aspect of it definitely takes it down quite a few notches. So I can I can give up the cool vampire parties for the fact that I could still you know eat chicken wings. All right, yield. Uh, werewolf. 
And I say vampire only because I'm a night owl, and that's what I'm basing my answer on. And I'm not even going to go the other thought that went through my head because that's not Twitch friendly. Oh, we know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Rick's question from last, last question from last week. What film would you drop everything to go and see on the big screen? And I'm just going to add a caveat. That movie's being re-released in the theaters right now. So what movie yeah, would you... Yeah, because I said earlier I've already seen it. Yes. So I'm adding the caveat. It's being re-released in its original form on the on the big screen. Original form? Yeah. Original form. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. I, I knew you were going to say Star Wars when I said original form. <laughs> Alex? And I would even go see Last Crusade. Jaws, for me. I never saw it in theaters. I just saw it, you know, at home, so I would like to actually uh, see Jaws in the theaters. I, I will say that one of the uh, community pools around here used to actually show Jaws on the big screen while you were waiting in water. So you could actually be in a pool and watching Jaws, which I'm sure was made you kind of like stop and look around every once in a while. But in a movie theater, I'm sure it'd be fine. All right, and I'm sure that I'm going to get a little bit of hate for my answer. Revenge of the Sith. Well, I mean, that is considered one, you know, the one always argued with the uh, other th- two movies as one of the best, so. No, so that's my answer. All right, so going back to the only question we got for this week as I'm scrolling up, and... Go! I miss you doing that yield. I don't even know the score. Game started an hour ago. Well, obviously, uh, well, it's either one to nothing or it's not going well. Yes. Uh, okay, so Rick wants to know. Oh, excuse me, not Rick. Matt G wants to know, since it's Halloween season, what is your favorite candy? Alex, we'll start with you. As an adult, I've come to appreciate Snickers a lot more and you know the combination of peanut butter and chocolate in a Reese cup is dynamite love me some M&M's but if I'm gonna pick some candy I'm gonna have to go something fruity and gummy candy like gummy worms gummy bears all that kind of stuff gummy alligators if you're feeling really uh, hungry that's kind of my favorite stuff so I really really like gummy bears although usually typically don't get those for Halloween all right yield Reese cup or Reese pieces all day, every day. All right. Uh, I'm going to say some kind of candy bar because I'm a big candy bar guy. But I'm going to throw a monkey into the stretch real quick because I'm going to ask you guys a question and I'm going to warn you. I'm going to severely judge you for the future uh, depending on your answer on this question. Okay. We understand each other, Alex? Yeah. Oh, well, you, you, I'm you've judged me severely enough times. I don't give a shit at this point. Ten, uh, well, that's fair enough. What is your feeling on candy corn? I, I, it's okay. It's it's not really my thing. If somebody's got it out, I'll eat a few, but I'm not buying it myself. Alex? I like candy corn. Oh my I knew that was going to be... I knew you were going to judge me for liking candy corn, but no, I mean, I, I do. Oh like We went over to a friend's, uh, couple friends' house for uh, movie week. We ended up watching Sharks of the Corn on Amazon Prime as our kind of horror movie du jour, horror movie of the day, and uh, Ashley made a Chex Mix kind of style thing, but with candy corn in there, and uh, it was quite good. 
Oh, candy corn, peanuts, and checks, and like pretzels and stuff like that. And I think actually pretzels. there was like I've 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 heard of that. Yeah, like Reese's M and M's. I think were also in there. So I mean, it was Ooh. it was good. I'm not gonna lie, it was good. And like honestly, I can just sit down and eat some Harvest Mix. I'll eat some pumpkins. I understand like the waxy texture isn't for everybody, but I like them. All right, Matt G and Canalis, I'm gonna wait for your answers in the chat. Uh, but I used to. Uh, I used to like candy corn as a kid, but as I grew up, I just, it's, just, it's abysmal. It's absolutely abysmal. I don't know how anybody eats candy corn anymore. And I understand just, I'm a hypocrite because I loved like, it as a kid. Just like the same people that eat peeps. Yeah, yeah peeps, same thing. Uh, all right, so Kayla says Reese's is amazing. Absolutely. Candy corn. Which I'm I, I I'm gonna give Kayla some uh, props. He spelled corn as in like the band corn, like the band corn. Okay. Uh, he says it's meh, and he also says he loves Peeps. I mean, some people do. I'll like I said, I'll, it's like candy corn to me. I'll eat a couple, and I'm good. But but give give candy give candy corn its due. At least it's not one of those Halloween candies like dots that stick in your teeth and like pull out fillings. Like those are the worst candies. Is the ones that stick in your mm. teeth, and you gotta like have a pair of pliers to take the candy and your teeth out. I I think you're referring to Mike and Ike's. In any, they're not as bad as dots. Dots are the worst about that. Milk duds aren't great either, but do, like dots are the worst about getting stuck. Really? In your teeth. Now see, now I like milk duds, but you don't chew on them. You just. Roll them in your mouth. They're like Rolos. I, I'm a I'm a snowcaps guy. Never had them. You've never had snowcaps? No. Wow, that's like my go-to at the movie theater. I'll prefer I prefer some raisinets if I'm getting candy at the movie theater. I'm getting Reese pieces. Kayla says, "Oh my God, dots are blah." Yeah. See, there we go. All right, so let's get it. Uh, Maggie, I expect your answer on candy corn if you're still listening. He's in the chat. I just don't know if he's listening. It's his birthday. He's probably not listening to us. Probably, probably, probably got a mouthful of candy corn right now. All right, so our first topic, uh, I put in here just because how ironic this story is. Coming from IGN, written by Ryan Dinsdale, headline reads, Phil Spencer says Xbox hardware or subscription prices will have to rise at some point, but not this holiday. Uh, as reported by The Verge, Tom Warren on Twitter, during the Wall Street Journal's uh, WSJ Live event that the Xbox boss said that the Microsoft won't be able to hold off a price increase for its products forever. Quote, I do think at some point we'll have to raise the prices on certain things, but going into this holiday, we thought it was important to maintain the prices. We've held price on our console. We've held price on our games and our subscription. I don't think we'll be able to do that forever. I do think at some point we'll have to raise the prices on certain things. That is all of the article I'm going to read. And I'm reading that because how much hate did Sony get for raising the price of their consoles? And Xbox said, oh, we're not doing that. And now, surprise, surprise, Phil Spencer's coming out and saying, oh, well, we're going to have to at some point. Yield, I'll leave the floor to you. This isn't a console war thing, by the way. I just I just think it's... I mean, it, it goes back to kind of what's been said on the show and in the Facebook group. I mean, do we want to see a price increase? No, we don't. We want everything at, at the best price we can get it. Um, 
I believe it was something Jeff posted in the Facebook group that, you know, it's kind of the industry's fault because they haven't maybe said it on the show that it's not it's the kind of the industry's fault because they've maintained this price for so long. And then now all of a sudden we're price increasing instead of kind of slowly doing it over the years. So as as long as they don't get crazy with it. I, it's annoying, you know, just like the $70 for a new, you know, five game. I, it, it's not something that I'm thrilled about, but at the same time, it, it's only 10 bucks. You know, they could have went like 80 or $90. So if but you don't get, but they're also get, talking about, I'm sorry. This is, they're also talking about raising the price on the and their services, which no, the, on the consoles, which is consoles. why, Sony got a whole bunch of hell for raising their prices outside of the United States on all their consoles. Well, by fifty bucks. So I would I would say in this instance, it depends on what they're doing. If they're doing like Sony did, and I'm not saying what Sony did was right, but if they're reworking the systems and they're up in the price, as long and I would say as long as they put better better parts in there, not that it's right, it's understandable. Now, they're just taking the same old Xbox, and we're just going to jack it up. We didn't do nothing fancy to it. That's BS. It's BS either either way, but it's a non-understandable BS, if that makes Uh, any sense. Kayla says, this is very much a console war conversation. Um, Before I go to Alice, I will just say, if they come out with a more powerful system and it's more expensive... That's justifiable, in my opinion. But like you just said, yield. If it's the same as that console, and they're just jacking up the price, that's not cool. That's not cool. Alex, your opinion, sir. I mean, I think when they initially made those comments, or I would hope that if, when Microsoft made those comments, oh, we're not raising the prices, that they they thought that they weren't going to have to, and then over time, even though it's a short time, they've looked at the numbers like, okay, well, we're we're going to have to. I don't have issue with the prices need to be raised on on consoles and stuff like that over time um i mean i guess you would see it on on a game more than a console because oh okay where well we already have these consoles figured out and how to make them and the prices i guess if there truly is a shortage on stuff and they have to spend more money to get that kind of stuff and they have to raise the price of the console because it costs the costs have gone up to make it i can understand that but also we've heard that sony has said that the the they expect to put out more consoles and meet demand now because, you know, stuff is a little bit more free-flowing. If I were um, an Xbox owner, or, you know, really anybody who subscribed to Game Pass, my first thought when I heard this is like, they're going to do the Netflix thing, where they're going to get you hooked on Game Pass, and then they're going to raise the price, you know, not not every, every maybe not every year, but like every other year, like as a way, like, it's like, okay, we can take this hit for now, but... Over time, we're going to want to make more money off of this, and if we're putting all of our biggest games on here, then, you know, we're going to need to charge more money. I, that That is my thing. Like, they may have to raise the price of games, because, you know, Ubisoft has talked about that. They were going to originally do that with Skull and Bones before Skull and Bones was delayed again. They were going to make that the first game to kind of, um, to do that, to raise the, the uh, MSRP of their games. You had Sony coming out and saying they're going to raise prices. So, I mean, Microsoft at some point, yeah, they're probably going to go to $70 games and just to kind of be where everybody else is at. Their consoles, though, I mean, you can't really charge more for the S. 
to be honest. I, I don't really see them charging more unless there is a change to the consoles, to the innards. The thing that they're really going... The two things I see they can change are Game Pass subscriptions and games. Because subscription services, like, as we've seen, like, you know, Jeff talked about in the in the Facebook post that I posted, you know, one of the things he commented on was that, you know, it's been such a long time, things have been static for such a long time, and now they're raising the price and people aren't as happy about it because, you know, in people's minds, they've always paid this much. Whereas, like, subscription services, those are a little bit more subject to changes so game pass i think is where people are i mean i know that jeff i think commented in that same thread that he didn't think it was game pass is going to be other things i see game pass as the most likely candidate to get bumped because they still present such a good value that microsoft could say well it's just a few bucks you're fine you're still getting all this great value i figure that they can talk that off better than they could raising the cost of the x or the s or raising the price on games so game pass i think is eventually they're going to raise the prices on that in the end i think all right. Uh, just to touch base, I did. I, I, full disclosure, I didn't really read uh the comments over the last couple of days on the Facebook uh, group, but in the picture that you posted, uh, about the price hikes coming, Jeff's initial comment says games have been sixty dollars since the N sixty four in the nineties. Let's call it nineteen ninety seven. Sixty dollars in nineteen ninety seven is one hundred and twelve dollars today. Put another way, games cost fifty three percent now what they did twenty five years ago. Yet team sizes are probably eight times what they were then, and the amount and quality of content in each game has gone up, gone up immeasurably. A price adjustment is long overdue. It won't just be Game Pass, retail games, Steam games, Epic games. The market needs to adjust. So that was his uh, initial comment. Um. Now back to my comments. Uh, gentlemen, let's put our conspiracy hats on because I'm going conspiracy theory here. Oh, are we going deep? We're we're we're. I'm gonna make a simple statement that I have no facts behind, just my general opinion. All right. I think when when Phil Spencer came out and when Sony raised their prices and Phil Spencer came out and said, "No, we're not doing that," I think he was just doing that for fan service. I think he knew. The prices were going to have to go up, and he was just trying to get a leg up on Sony and say, well, Sony's doing that, but we're not doing that. Meanwhile, he knew that it was going to have to happen. The same way that, if you guys remember years ago in E3, when Microsoft went on the stage and said, you can't, can't play our games offline, and, and Shuhei and Adam Boyce did that little video, this is how you share your games. This is just This was a dig by Phil Spencer. And I think full well he knew this was coming, but he just took that shot at Sony for the quote unquote media, you know, at that moment. I I I saw this coming a mile away. Yeah, but you say that, but I but then it. it's been so close in time since that comment was made that you then run the risk of people going back and saying, "Well, wait a minute, you said that you weren't going to raise your prices, and here you are walking that back." Like you open yourself up to a whole lot more criticism by doing that, rather than. When Sony does it, you're also like, well, yeah, we're going to have to, whereas then there's really no bad guy. I mean, sure, initially Sony takes that heat, but now when you announce this, you're going to take some heat because people are going to say, well, wait a minute, you just said you're not going to do this, and now you're doing this to us? I don't I think it just, by not being upfront about it and changing course so soon, I think that you open yourself up to far more worse criticism. And just for the record, Phil Spencer said that on August 25th, so that's 
approximately two months ago that he said that. I think that's enough time for gamers to turn around and say, to, to, to have two months of good press of going, oh, they're raising their prices, but we're not. I think I think that's well enough time. That's just my conspiracy theory. Right? We can take our hats off now. Going into our other topic of the week. Um, but this, again, this is a conspiracy, but this is not my conspiracy, so we don't have to put our hats on. Coming from PlayStationLifestyle.net and written by Paul Tamburo. The headline reads, PlayStation Showcase allegedly delayed because Microsoft and Activision investigation. Uh, going into the article, an upcoming PlayStation Showcase has alleg- allegedly been delayed by Sony due to the ongoing CMA investigation into Microsoft's acquisition of Activision. The showcase, which was reportedly set to feature new exclusives and first-party IPs, is set to have been pushed back due to a feeling that it could add weight to Microsoft's comments in the investigation. The news comes from a reputable PlayStation insider, Millie Ahmad, who claimed that Sony was planning to hold a PlayStation showcase on October 20th. The showcase was reportedly going to contain both a Silent Hill reveal and the reveal of Hideo Kojima's upcoming mystery project, However, Sony has pushed back this date internally and is now, quote, holding firm. Microsoft is currently under investigation by the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, an investigation that Sony has welcomed. The CMA is looking into whether or not the Microsoft Activision deal, which will see the likes of Call of Duty becoming Microsoft-owned properties, will, quote, significantly weaken, end quote, the competition within the marketplace. Microsoft has argued that it is currently, quote, last place in console, seventh in PC, and nowhere in the mobile game distribution globally, end quote. So by holding a PlayStation Showcase revealing new exclusive, Sony potentially believes that this will strengthen Microsoft's argument that the Activision merger will not provide the company with a huge unfair advantage in the marketplace. Uh, let's go to you, Yield. What do you think? Because we didn't get a showcase that we get like we normally get in September. Yields gathering his thoughts for everybody. I, yeah. Honestly, I just don't really know. <laughs> I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I thought, right. I, was, I thought I was going to have come up with something really good, but... Okay, well, l- l- I'll go to Alex, and then maybe we can come back to you. Maybe. Alex? I think it's more likely that because they have God of War coming out, and that's everyone's focus, they are going to keep the focus on that. They don't want to announce anything that's kind of going to get swallowed up in that wake. I think it's more of a fact that they know they don't necessarily need to put one out. They probably don't have enough to show of the next Spider-Man game, they probably don't have enough to show or hardly anything of the Wolverine game. So I think that they're going to say, everyone knows that Hogwarts Legacy is coming out. They've already done a good job of promoting that. And they're going to say, you know what? We've shown you some VR games. We've shown you Horizon Call of the Mountain. We're just going to focus on God of War. And that's going to be a huge seller for us over the holiday. And they don't really need to have a showcase. I don't think we're always going to have a yearly September showcase. I mean, it's around the time where they can focus on some of their holiday stuff. So it would make sense. But you're probably based on what they had to show, going to get changes to their calendar every year. So I, I think it's 
conspiracy theory, yeah, you can kind of connect some dots, but I think it's more to the fact that their big game is God of War, and that's their focus now, and they're just releasing, you know, on the PlayStation blog, like, trailers and new videos and stuff pretty regularly, so that, that's how they're getting people excited. They don't need another showcase, because they've kind of told us kind of what's coming in the immediate future. I mean, arguably, we've gotten state of plays that focus solely on one game, a big release coming out. I mean, it's a little surprising that we didn't even get, like, a God of War showcase or a state of play, so, so to speak. I don't know what to think about this because even if Sony did do this video, did or did not do this video, gamers know that Sony has some big games in the pipeline. And for somebody to say that if they release that information, it strengthens Microsoft's argument, I can kind of see that, but I don't think it really would say would strengthen Microsoft's argument saying, well, no, just because we acquire all these games, look what Sony's got coming out. They're not going to get hurt. I, I don't think the two necessarily correlate because we already know Sony has some big games in the pipeline. So, is it plausible that they held back their, their, their state of play or the showcase because of this? Yes. Do I think Sony internally is that worried about it? I, I, I just don't buy that. Yield, uh, I'm going to come back to you. Your thoughts, sir. I still don't. I don't know. <laughs> do, you think this, do you think it's plausible that Sony held back this because they don't want to help Microsoft in their argument. It could, but I, I'm i still, I guess I'm puzzled how an announcement of two exclusives. I, yeah, I, I'm still not buying that if they lose Call of Duty, it's a, it's the death of Sony. So I, I'm still flabbergasted by the whole thing. I mean, honestly, and I, I guess you, I, I, I would think you two would both agree with me. I'm just ready for this merger or this sale to end in either direction. Yes, I absolutely 100% agree. Because until a decision is made, I feel like every week we're going to have some kind of story about it or some kind of conspiracy theory. I we we've said our comments on the show many times how we feel about Jim Ryan, you know, arguing, not arguing. Uh, I I I'm ready for this 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 purchase to either fail or go through already. Because I I I'm not gonna say I'm I'm tired of talking about it, but it it is getting a little monotonous that every time we do a, a story, and like you'll like to point out like the console wars. Every one of these stories fuels that console war in some way. And I'm just ready for it to end. And Yo, do you already agree with me? Alex, what about you? Do you feel like you're ready for this to end? Yeah, I mean, when it first came out, the news first came out, it was a very exciting topic to talk about because then you could theorize, well, what's Sony going to do? Is this change Sony's strategy? But now we're at the point where it's like, we've seen that Sony's not going to react. They're not making a similar purchase or you know even a big purchase really at this point. So, I mean, not to make not to downplay Bungie. Bungie is a big purchase, but nothing. And Sony's not going to react to it in the way that people thought or hoped they would. So, 
at this point, it's just like kind of annoying to talk about it because it's like just let it happen and let's move on with our lives because if anything, hopefully Microsoft can clean up the cesspool that is Activision Blizzard because they had some serious problems and hopefully Microsoft can fix those. We'll see. You know, fix the fix the culture there. But yeah, I'm. It just I mean we're talking about whenever we talk about this, we're essentially talking about the same thing over and over again. Will they? Won't they? Will they? Won't they? Will they? Won't they? Do you have a problem with this? I mean, it's yeah, it's got to be getting boring to listen to as it is to talk about. All right. Well, with that, we're going to close out the show. Yield, we'll go to you for your shout-out, sir. Shout-out to Alex Nitro for some Rocket League. Shout-out to the Brain76, Prepare to Die or Scum, and Nitro for some Deep Rock Galactic. Shout-out to Tricky and Alex for recording. Shout-out to Matt G for his birthday and everybody else who was hanging out in the Twitch chat. Uh, shout out to Sid and Rick and uh, everybody else that dropped questions in the Facebook group. And shout out to the rest of you all who hang out in our Facebook group and listen to the show and interact with us. Yeah. All right. That's it. Alex? I want to give a shout out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horse, people like Matt G. Happy birthday, Matt G. And Caneless as well. Thank you all for stopping by the chat and, uh, you know, sending us some questions or making some comments on things. And uh, Caneless, hopefully in your line of work, people treat you nicely because they certainly should. Give a shout out to you guys for recording tonight, Tricky and Yield here on All Hallows Eve. Well, I guess that's Halloween technically, but the, the Eve to Halloween, Halloween Eve. Um uh, give a shout out. Uh, hey, uh, give a shout out to Ashley, my awesome and loving girlfriend. I love you, honey. And uh, yeah, I got, I got, I got nothing else. All right, I want to give a shout out to Daryl, Kurtman, Neptune Princess, Redbeard Rick, and Felicia, all for being patrons. We greatly appreciate that. Shout out to all the listeners. Appreciate you guys. Shout out to Alice and Neil for holding down the fort last week. Uh, torpedoed Alex for poo-pooing on my dinner story from last night. You know what? You Shout know what, man? Like I said, be nice to restaurant workers and don't be a dick. <laughs> I wasn't being a dick to them. I was just telling the story. I, like I said, I wasn't angry at them. It was I was just explaining the, the disaster that happened. You no, know, you as that story kind of wrapped up. You were starting to get pissed, and you were and you were. Explain in what seemed like a very not nice way, not very calm way to the server what was going on. I, I was uh, I was a little annoyed, but I wasn't annoyed at any particular person. I was just annoyed at the situation. But anyway, we're not going to go down that path again. We're over two hours, and you don't like editing shows over two hours. Uh, shout out to all the listeners. Thank you very much. Shout out to everybody in the chat. That would be Matt G. Happy birthday. Caneless. Anybody else that popped in? Uh, I saw a couple names pop up, but nobody left any comments. Uh, feel free to you know get involved. That's why we do the Twitch chat. We love having you guys get involved, uh, especially when we get uh, live reactions to Candy Corn being horrible. So, if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Peace! Oh, sorry. Hold on. One last thing. If you're listening to the show, it's Wednesday. This upcoming Saturday is Extra Life. Join me at twitch.tv uh, twitch.tv
twitch.tv backslash proof of gamer as I stream for 25 hours for the kids. Please get in there, interact, donate. Buddy goes to a good cause. Appreciate you all. Next week, I'll see you guys. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.